All right, we're going to be in Colossians today. So turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to try to stay in Colossians for the next couple Sundays. But with what's going on on Wednesday nights with the book of James and some of the things that we're coming across, some of the topics that are in Colossians and James takes me back to different places in the Bible. And um, I think some, well, some of you have already told me that you really like uh, going back to the Old Testament and how it backs up what we see in the New Testament. So I appreciate you uh, seeing the value of that. But I really, you know, Colossians is a really special book of the Bible for me. And I remember, you know, at the jail, whenever we would open up the Bible, and I, w- I would usually say, this is my favorite book in the whole Bible. It didn't matter which one we opened up to, and they're looking at me, I thought you said, you know. And they finally picked up on the fact that all the books in the Bible are really, really good, and they need to be your favorite. You know, whichever one you happen to be in, that's your favorite book. But Colossians, I can remember. Now, I can remember different things that happened in my young adult life that got me turning toward true salvation. And I shared one of those things, one of those things that happened to me at the graveside service on Monday when uh, uh, we were up there with the close family of Fred. And um, I was just talking about how Fred and Jan brought into this world a very special person. And that, you know, that person... Uh, being Beth, her daughter, and how she grew up in a very godly home. She grew up in a home that knew the scriptures. She lived them out. Beth watched her parents take care of their elderly, and Beth is carrying on. And I talked about how Beth used to, back when Michelle and I first got married, and we would hang out with Beth and Todd, and Beth liked to play Bible trivia. And she beat everybody really bad. I don't like getting beat at any game. I don't like it. And she beat me really bad. And I didn't like it, so I started getting into the Word of God so that she wouldn't beat me so bad when we played Bible trivia. And, and I'm sharing that at the graveside, and I, I said... She caused me to get into the Word way more, which, in, which actually was a part of me finding true salvation. She played a part in it by what she did. She didn't, she didn't do it the way most people would think of witnessing. She did it in a way that caused me to get into the Word more, and the Word started reading me. And then, what long after that, I'm listening to a preacher preach through the book of Colossians, verse by verse. And I feel like that's when I had a true salvation experience in this book right here. So it's special to me. So, 
on September 11th, we were in a uh, five, four and five. We talked about faith, love, and hope. And then the next Sunday after that, we were we back. We were in uh, grace and peace. We we got more into detail on that. Now there was other things that were going on with that. But on Wednesday, we were talking about speak not evil, which led us to 1 Kings 13. And that's what happened last Sunday. We, that carried over. So if you were here last Sunday and want to hear the first part of that sermon, you would have to listen to the Wednesday, September 21st that I did here on Wednesday. So uh, that's James 4, 9 through 12, and 1 Kings 13, speak not evil. All very good. So today, I'm going to start reading at 7. As ye also learn of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. Now, because of what Epaphras has done... For this cause we also, this is verse 9, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all, spirit, uh, all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. You notice, notice how it says all wisdom. Now all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet or suited to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, this is a prayer. He's, he, he's telling them that because of what Epaphras has told us about what you're doing in Colossae, since we heard of it, we do not cease to pray for you. Now, in, uh, in verse 6, go, you go back to verse 6, and it says, it has the word new. Since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. Now, that's your salvation. The day that you really, truly knew the grace of God. Then in verse 9, it says, knowledge of His will. So, being filled with the knowledge that you... So he's praying that they, that they might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So, when you knew the grace, all of a sudden those words that you might have read before you had a salvation experience and the Holy Spirit came inside of you, you may have been reading things 
and you just read them to read them, and nothing ever really truly got into your mind and your heart. But because of this knowing, over here in verse 6, knowing the grace of God in truth, when that finally happened, now the knowledge of His will, you're getting, you're getting all wisdom and spiritual understand, understanding through Jesus. That's happening now that you've had a born-again experience. Now that's happening and then in verse 10, increasing in the knowledge of God. It doesn't end. You're, every day, all, every time you get into the Word, I don't know how many times I've read Colossians, but it's been a whole, whole lot. I mean, so many times I've read through the book of Colossians. It's only, what, four chapters? Real easy to read through it, right? But every time I read it, something else comes to my knowledge. Something, I get something different out of it every single... Not different, not that it's... Now, there may be something that I under, misunderstood, and now I understand it differently, but what I'm talking about is there's more that have gotten out of it every time I go through it. And especially studying it to try to come up with the sermon you really get more out of it. So we, we each one of us, we, we need to understand that if you don't know, if you, did, if you don't have the new over here in uh, 6, you're going to really struggle in the knowledge. So you need to know the grace of God. Then the knowledge will start coming way quicker. And then... You're going to, you're, then you're going to start becoming fruitful in every good work, and then you're going to increase in the knowledge of God. Then 11, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. Not what you're able to do. See, God likes to take the weak things of the world and use them to show His glory and power. So if you feel like you're not able, you're a good candidate. If you feel like you're just too weak, you just don't know enough, and I can't do it, well then, he's probably going to pick you. It's the people who act like they know it all, and they think they got all kinds of great ability, God just kind of pushes them to the side. Because they're not ready yet. When you think you're ready, you might not be. When you don't think you're ready, God can use you. Notice in verse 9. It says, filled. So after you know, and then in verse 9, you're, you're getting knowledge, but it says, and to desire that ye might be filled. You see filled in 9? Look at 10. After you're filled, it says, being fruitful in every good work. So until you're filled with the knowledge of His will, see, that was part of uh, last Wednesday's message. It's if the Lord wills. In James, it talks about how a person will say, will have a great idea. This is, what, this is Wednesday's. Uh, you can go back on the podcast and listen to it. How a person can say, we can go to a city 
and we can buy and we can sell and make a profit. And it might be a great idea. But is it, was it God's will that you do it? So we have to be careful about planning events, like yesterday's event. Could be a great human idea, but was it God's will? So we pray before we do anything so that we can make sure that it's God's will. And we read our Bibles to see if it goes along with God's ways. We live our life, we should live our life by what the Bible says, not just because of a good human idea, because we can have plenty of good human ideas. There's a great idea that you could make power from uh, the whole atomic energy thing, nuclear. You can, you can power huge cities, but if an evil man gets a hold of all that knowledge and power, he can use it to destroy the world. We've got to be very careful because God has given us just enough knowledge and talent to get ourselves in a really bad mess. Yeah? Some of, some of the smartest people I know use that smartness to get themselves in a really bad mess. So we need to be fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, notice 11. So first you're filled in 9, and then you become fruitful in 10, and then 11, it says strengthened, you know, you could also say fortified. That, it would be really cool because you got F, field, F, fruitful, F, you know, have all the same. But it says strengthened. With all might, according to His glorious power. Rely on His power, not your own. Unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks. So this is showing how He's praying for them which also means that there's, we need people praying for us. We need to be praying for another group because we're all part of God's family, and that's, that's what we do for each other. And then never fail to remember to give thanks to our Father. We need to be thankful peop people. Uh, all right, it, I just read, to all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness in 11... Do you understand what that means? Do you understand that patience and long-suffering, that could mean that you're going through some really tough times, but how are you handling the tough times, the trials and tribulations that you might go through? Are you doing it in joyfulness? You think about you know, just having that funeral here, and you can think back to somebody like Fred's brother, Mickey, who we all loved. He was an awesome person. He did so much for this church. And he was given the diagnosis of a cancer that was going to kill him very fast. And he went, oh, okay. He, he, he would come talk to some of us and say, oh, I got some bad news, you know, I, I'm not going to be around much longer. And then he just went right along and was, he was just joyful in everything. He would talk to people about what was going to happen to him, and he was like so excited that he was going to go see Jesus. And he blew people away. So he was going through some, 
some very tough trials and tribulations, but he did it with joyfulness. And it spoke to people in a way that most people can't speak because they're not under that sentence of, I'm dying really soon, but handled it so well. So Christians have a really, we can, we can be joyful in the deaths of our family when we know that we're almost jealous they're going to heaven before us. They're going to, they're going to that wonderful place, and we got to stay here for a while. Who knows how long? That's a good way to be. If you're in the Lord, you really should be that way. Giving thanks unto the Father, verse 12, unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers in the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Translated. That's really, really fast. Now, remember what I was telling you earlier. There was a day that I had a true salvation experience. It happened, on that day when it happened, it happened like that. We were talking about, in Sunday school, we were talking about uh, Saul of Tarsus. I've just preached on that recently. Saul of Tarsus, up until he became the Apostle Paul, it was... One day he was one, the other day, the next day he... In the same day, he changed over, right? He went from being a person who was out to arrest Christians and to make their life miserable to seeing the light that blinded him, which was Jesus Christ, and then he was converted, and then that man Ananias came and laid hands on him to get his sight back, and he immediately started preaching the gospel. That was a translation. He went from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Now, when that salvation experience happens, that's what happens to us. But don't confuse that with all the things that happened to get you up to that point. Right? You have somebody... That's why I don't like rushing people up to the altar and pray over them and make them say a sinner's prayer. Just repeat after me. Because things happen in people's lives that get them turned in the right direction, and then they start to get closer and closer. But when it happens, it happens. You're not partly saved. Right? Oh, I'm halfway saved. No, no. Three-quarters of the way. No. You're all saved when you get saved, but... There is a process that might be happening to, to get you turned from the kingdom of darkness and to get you turned to the kingdom of His dear Son. And I believe getting beat really bad in Bible trivia could be a part of that. That's just a part. They get me turning in the right direction. Now, you got people who are dirty, rotten sinners that's pretty obvious that they're unsaved. But then you got somebody like I was back then that didn't do those terrible things and thought a lot of myself, and surely God would take me to heaven. Even my mommy, you're such a good boy, right? But God wouldn't have taken me. He would not have taken me. You remember years ago, uh, I was doing children's message, and I, and I, and I told... Uh, 
Meredith to bring her two boys because she was coming to church then. And I wanted a bunch of kids here because I had thought up a really good one. Remember the spaceship one? Remember that? I don't know if y'all were here. Some of y'all probably weren't here for that. But I had some, some files laying over here on top of the organ. And Anna was little. And I had an invisible spaceship right here. I mean, you couldn't see it because it was invisible, but it was here. And I got all the kids to come up and said, we're going to take a trip. We're going to fly in my spaceship. I've been working on this thing for years, and we're going to get in it, and we're going to fly to heaven. Heaven's a really, really long, but this thing is special. It goes really, really fast. And so all the kids started coming up to get in the spaceship. And I remember Jack and Chase coming up, and I'm, I, I didn't prepare as good as I should have. I really needed another adult to go with me to make my whole point, but I didn't have anybody. And so I looked at Meredith and said, Meredith, do you want to go with us? And she looked at me kind of funny, and I'm like, do you really trust some crazy dude that says he has a spaceship that can go to heaven with your two sons? You really want me to take your two sons into outer space? And she was probably thinking, I'm fine with it as long as you promise to stay gone a while. Because <laughs> her boys were pretty, you know, they were rambunctious little boys. So she came up and sat down right here, and, and, and we took off in the spaceship. And we're flying. I, and, and right before we took off, I told all the kids, go to the bathroom, because we're not stopping at every planet we go by. And we're sitting here in the spaceship, and we're flying, and we're looking at all the sights. And uh, we're flying past all these planets, and... We're going along, going along, and I had this little signal, you know, that I was going to do something, and Anna was sitting behind me, and that was her cue to go, are we there yet? And she hollered it out. Everybody laughed, and I'm going, we'll get there when we get there. So that stole that from the Incredibles movie. So we're, 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 we're flying, and we finally we land. It's, I'm talking about it as we get there. It's, oh, it's so beautiful, and we land, and we get out of the spaceship, and Meredith and I, we went over to the organ because we wanted to find the book of life to see if our names were in it. So we're looking through the files to see if we are in the, the filing cabinets. And so we're looking, so we're standing over there, and I get, so Meredith, I made her to be the person who may not have done a whole lot of spiritual things but she believed with that innocent belief, and, she, and that was her folder, and it was really thin. And then my folder was beside hers, so she found her folder, and I found my folder, and my folder was really thick because I was representing the person who had done a lot of good things. And all that, that I'd done in my life is written in the book of life. You know, it's, it's there. And she opens up hers, and I'm opening up mine, and I'm looking through all the papers, and I'm horrified. It shows all the good things I did, but it showed all the bad, sinful things I did. They were in my file. And she, I'm looking over at hers, and hers, her paper, they really didn't say anything. And the kids saw that. They were sitting back here going, there wasn't nothing on those papers. But, so I'm looking at this blank piece of paper, and I'm going, I'm reading Meredith, and it said, uh, born in Bethlehem and, in, in 4 B.C., and was raised up, and, and was, uh, went through the whole story of what Jesus went through. You know, Pilate being falsely accused, went to a cross, went buried in a tomb, raised on the third day, and, and I'm going, and, and Meredith's looking over my shoulder at my file, and I'm going, 
which per, I didn't tell her to do it, but she did, it was perfect for what we were doing. I said, don't look at this. There's things in there I totally forgot about. I cannot believe. And that all of a sudden, the angel walks in and says, what are you doing in the file room? And we're like, well, we're just looking to see if we're in the book of life. Well, is it to your liking? And Meredith's like, yeah, I really like what mine says. And I'm going, I don't understand. I mean, I go do Bible study at the jail, and I've been, I've been reading my Bible, and I go to church, and I don't understand why all this stuff is in my folder. And the angel came over and started to explain to me, see, when a person just believes, that simple belief, and they believe on Jesus, we go to their folder and we take all that mess out. And we go over to Jesus' file and we just take the copy out, we make a copy of it, and we put that in their file. But you're depending too much on the things you've done, so all your stuff is in your file. That's the gospel story. That's how you truly get to heaven and are accepted there by you being hid in Christ. Does that all make sense? Verse 14 says, After you are translated, He hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So, does your file that's in heaven, in, the, in that uh, file room, is your folder, does it just have Jesus' life there? Because when God looks, He's got to see perfectness. And you're, He's only going to see it if it's Jesus' record. And we must be hid in Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. Father, we thank You for the shed blood of Jesus Christ because we do not have redemption if we don't have the blood. The blood of a perfect Savior. Father, we are so thankful for that. And Father, I pray that each and every one of us will know it, know it that we can be saved through the blood, and Father, that we can't lose that. Father, I thank you for all the things that happen in our lives that point us to get us turned in the right direction, whether we're way off and doing terrible things or we are thinking that we are good enough, that we are better than others and God, would, you, would, you would truly choose us. I mean, you would pick us because we're so good. Father, I pray that either way that we may be or have gone, that we would see that we're just as lost as the other. And Father, that we would turn from our way of being saved. And Father, we'll know your will, that we will know your way of salvation. And Father, after that, I pray that we will increase in knowledge and wisdom. And Father, we would be able to point others in the right direction that we would be able to bring others to the cross. Father, that is the intersection that we must get on to come to you. Father, I pray that we would take the hand of Jesus, 
He would lead us to the throne of grace. Thank you, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.